is this a good fund strategy to just like buy up all the biotech companies and then liquidate them and just be like the IP sucks? The following audio is the expressed opinions of the hosts and guests and do not reflect investment advice or recommendations of any kind. All funny jokes or just jokes, so don't get it twisted. Have you ever just wanted to get online, have every single stock investment just explained to you perfectly with the power of AI? Great. So have we. It's been something that we've just looked for constantly. And we love this podcast. And guess what? This podcast loves FinChat. FinChat is the greatest tool to ever exist when you want to start examining stocks. You can hop online, create an account at finchat.io, start using an AI assistant, and find everything you need about Apple, Tesla, Amazon, and so many more. Check it out, finchat.io. She's going to do The Voice. Look at that. Connor's wife is going on the show, The Voice, everybody. She is. <laughs> She's going to win. I'm rooting for her. Dude, it's, I'm just glad, Courtney, she doesn't listen to it. She kind of listens to it, but she she does it. Like she gets a notification every time the show drops and she's like, wow, you're a loop. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That sent to me, which is fair. You know, nope. I mean, both of our, secretly, both of our wives listen to every episode and they're just waiting <laughs> to shout them out. <laughs> yeah. No, they think that we'll say something nice, but in reality, they were both little girls growing up and neither of them wanted to be married uh, to a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Be a podcaster's wife. There's no your flowers. Be, their flowers for sticking with us. They deserve their flowers. Courtney, Megan, you get your flowers. This is true. This is true. Um, well, as much as we would like to talk about marriage and everything on this podcast, this podcast is called In This Economy. I cut you off before we started talking. This is the thirtieth call we've had today. But dude, you mentioned Elon, and I did see some news on Mr. Elon. But why don't you just spit exactly what you're about to say? Dude, big, big news. So Delaware corporations, right? Everybody says incorporated Delaware. They have 80% of publicly traded companies incorporated in Delaware. It's like 12% of their actual revenue comes from corporate filings and corporate tax stuff. I did not know that. That's ham. Um, they're big time, dude. They depend on, they depend. I mean, I know they're big time. I didn't know that was the revenue number. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, let's go, so Elon, Elon may be bringing this all down. Uh, so Elon, in 2018, signs an insane employee compensation package. It's an option package with vesting with vesting based on different metrics for Tesla. Okay. Um, they, you know, he's underpaid as a CEO in terms of cash coming out. But this was like, it was a pretty big package. But the metrics were so out there and wild that he had to hit. There was 12 of them. And I don't know them all exactly, but there was 12 of them that were so wild and out there that journalists were writing things like, ha, Elon's going to make no money off of Tesla. Ha, ha, you know, this is this is ridiculous. Why is he even doing this, right? Shareholders were all about it. They all voted, approved it, all of that, okay? That's 2018. Fast forward to today, all 12 metrics hit. Option pool vests. Elon gets compensated $51 billion. Uh, now, the, mar the market cap of Tesla... $600 billion. So almost 10% of the market cap of the company, he just got compensated. Freaking gamble, play big games, win big prizes kind of thing, right? Um, a shareholder, I'm told, a shareholder I'm told owns nine shares. Um, 
brought suit against the company. This you? Or, or <laughs> no. Owns nine shares of Tesla. You got it, dude. I should have done it. <laughs> suit in the state of Delaware against the company for excessive compensation. Um, and Delaware court ruled on it that it was excessive compensation. And they're trying to take away his compensation of $51 billion. Um, they're not well, going to be able to do that. It's going to the Delaware Supreme Court. Uh, they, I mean, that's the rule, right? So they can basically claw back and be like, no. They said that it was not a reasonable compensation for somebody in his position to retain him. Sorry, reasonable compensation to, to retain somebody in that position for the company. Um, and so Elon tweets and is pissed off. It was like, nobody incorporated in Delaware ever again. Um and there's like this big battle going on, which he kind of has the money to pay for. So good for him. But well, he has the money to pay for, but no one wants to deal with that. And that is the one thing out of his control is like regulatory BS. Yeah. Isn't it BS though? Like I would like, I, I don't know. People fall on different sides of this. Like that could be excessive compensation, but dude, like you should have brought that up in 2018 when the compensation package was signed and voted on. You should have been like, hey, this isn't fair. He could make so much money if he got this. And they did. And then they- that's what I think he he could win, you know? Yeah. Now, the person who filed the suit, if I'm smart, and it's not actually that person that filed the suit, if you own nine shares of Tesla, buddy, you're not doing that. <laughs> so there's a secret power somebody- People are backing. People are backing. Play, who is like, Dang, we should not have signed that agreement in 2018. But I bet you, person, homeboy, who's bringing the suit up with nine shares became a shareholder after the fact. So they're going to be like, hey, it's not fair that I, yeah, that this is happening, but I never really had a say, but these other people had a say, is what I would assume. What's crazy about that is it's freaking disclosed. But like, you know, he played by the rules. They played by the rules. It's disclosed. Everybody, you can go look at 10Ks and see compensation packages for everybody and what's there and what's vested and all. Oh, you you saw the 22-year-old on Robinhood in 2020 <laughs> read everything? Or just bought nine shares of Tesla? Yeah. Wait a minute. No, he bought like 10,000 shares. And then he's like, wait, this is so volatile. Now it's crashing. Then he sells it. Then it bounces back up and now it's going back down again. What an idiot. So everybody's getting diluted significantly, but dude, I mean, that's what they signed up for. Honestly, I'm like, dude earned it. I, I'm not always on Elon's side, but yo, if he paid, if he played that game, yeah, he earned it. He, yeah. If he signed up for, I won't take as much money, but if I hit these metrics and that agreed, and it's, yeah, it's not even like a, here's an agreement and I'm forcing one person to sign it. It was a vote. Yeah. Yep. So everyone had to participate in the vote, and probably some people said no. But I mean, as a vote, yeah, yeah, you can't argue with that. It's like the presidential election (laughs) where you didn't want it to go, and now you have to deal with whatever happens. Gotta live. Yeah. So what could happen is like, man, those grievances could really bubble up, and then you on a random day of the year, let's just say January sixth just decide to air those grievances out, right? That's what you could do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> dude, come on. Like, I'm on, I don't know all the metrics, so I probably need to dig into this. I did not hear this story at all. I'm so glad you brought this up. But yeah. I will have to say, I am on Elon's side. If he said, I will do this, and these will be the milestones and metrics hit, and if hey, I do all that, I get this in return. Yep. Yep. That's it. 
dude literally called a shot and then, you know, hit it out of the park. And now people are like trying to change the rules because they're pissed off. You know, they lost and they're like, oh, yeah. Huge mega shareholders of Tesla, like myself, are really upset by this right now. So the 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 ramifications are pretty big, though, if it goes down like this, because what it does is it sets a precedent for agreed. There is no precedent, especially in the state of Delaware, for like egregious or over overcompensation through stock options or things like that, like these packages. And so if it happens, it's going to set a precedent and a bright line. And why would any corporation run by a CEO who has huge stock bonuses and and triggers and stuff ever stay incorporated in Delaware? So Delaware has something to lose, you know, like it could yeah, be. That's why Elon tweeted that because he's like, okay, yeah. you're going to annoy me and really take some money away because I just made a big win happen. Cool. He knew he probably knows the stats, you know, and more where he's like, this is 12 percent of your revenue. Yeah. What if I just took half of that? On to Nevada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, no, Braden, you and I know this, and this is some of the you know best parts about life and running a business or multiple businesses is when there's confrontation, it is always best to be petty. <laughs> be petty. I say, turn the other key. Take yeah. the high road. But there's a third you know adage that normally doesn't get talked about is from Confucius, where he's like, Get petty. Dude. PT. Petty. <laughs> Physical therapy, baby. PT. That's yep. it, man. No, that's that's very interesting. I do want to think how it takes out. Tesla as a whole, I was going to bring them up too. I mean, this is one of the biggest days of the year already, just in terms of market updates and things that we'll go through. But dang, Tesla's taken a hit over the last month or so. What is this? Yeah, end of December. Tesla's down 28.36%. Well, I, there's probably a lot of dilution. I mean, mm-hmm. that big part is people worry about dilution from payout, and who knows what else could be there. Um, do you remember whenever Tesla was a trillion-dollar company, though? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever lost $400 billion in valuation in a year? Yeah, no. $400 billion in one year. Yeah. That's absolutely wild. It was like, we had that podcast. I had a ton of people tweet or reach out to me too about this when we were talking about Eli Lindley and you remember that big tweet about insulin yeah, uh, yeah. they lost billions of dollars in valuation from a fake tweet yeah that several news publications ran with yeah so funny it's bad really. yeah yeah it's bad that's you know we have a future podcast about this soon we run notes back and forth of the effect of not just Twitter but just the internet in general on the stock market so like those stories or fake news or whatever is so destructive. So um, speaking of of just like kind of destructive things, um, this is a good segue into my investment idea that I had recently. And it came it came from an email I got. I got a I get these cold emails all the time from um, investor relations consultant groups. Basically, can I uh, pause you right there for all of our listeners that are just like, what does Braden do? Braden reads in response to 30,000 <laughs> every day. And I you know, honestly can't get a hold of him or to respond to stuff that actually matters because people send him the dumbest or best investment ideas of all time. No, you never continue, know. Continue, Braden. Yeah. So, so they sent me this biotech company that uh, is trading at 0.27x cash on the balance sheet. 
um, 33 million yeah. cash or sorry, 33 million in market cap and mm-hmm. like, something stupid in cash, like in the hundreds of millions of cash. Um, and I was just like, huh, I could probably scrape up $33 million. What if I just bought these guys, trashed all the IP, said F that, and just liquidated the cash and paid out all the shareholders, right? Just paid myself cash. And I was like, I could like 4X my money doing that. And then I went and looked and there are, dude, hundreds of biotech companies in that yeah. same situation. Like so many of them. We didn't talk about this. We or this exact strategy. No, not this exact strategy. Yeah, this strategy is a little more bad. But yeah, so I, so I threw a tweet out there that was like, hey, is this a good fun strategy to just like buy up all the biotech companies and then liquidate them and just be like, the IP sucks? I looked at this group's IP. I was like, I don't know what this means. So like, what if I just didn't care? Um, and I got some, you know, I got a few interesting responses and it came down to like, is that really good for society though? I mean, imagine <laughs> when we're talking about instructive, it's like these groups are like trying to solve cancer and diabetes and like, you know, really, really bad things. And it's like, uh, you got a lot of cash on the books and I need 50% returns this year. So how about we just, how about we just save that for later? We're done. If you're that good. You wouldn't let me do an aggressive takeover is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Man, uh, it's something that's in the back of my mind that I want to do. I just have to rationalize, like, what do I tell investors about the good we're doing for the world? And maybe nothing, dude. Maybe there's a good amount of investors out there that are like, 50%'s good for me. That's good for my world. And uh, you know how I think you spin it is the biotech fund that we're going to create, but it's yeah. just part of the overall strategy or something. Strategy. Maybe. Yeah. It's like, the research that you and I do into all these tiny penny stock biotech firms and micro plays that can come with that. And you find different things that will go super well with them. But then if you also have this strategy of like, Hey, we buy a firm and we kind of found out that it is just not great. So we trashed it and we accidentally made 55% on our money. Oops. (laughs) Our bad. You know what I think is interesting too that could happen there? Like, here was my other thought was the IP, once you buy the company, the IP is still yours. You do this with enough companies, you got a patent portfolio and you could just go sell that to Johnson & Johnson. Be like, hey, look, I know you didn't want to buy this when it was one th- one target, one drug. What if we just give you this portfolio of 60? Um, and by the way, we made 50% a year collecting this. You know, you're almost getting paid to collect an IP portfolio that then you can just go throw to somebody else that's way bigger and better. Sure. And then someone listening to this, they're going to be like, wow, I'm going to go do that right now. There is a high barrier to entry of, you know, not many people have $33 million laying around. So they go execute on you thought. True. And I find it very unlikely that many of these companies, although some of them could be, are stupid enough to have their governance in such a way that a takeover like this is possible. You know, like, like sure. if I were a biotech company and I had this, I would sell shares that were non-voting shares to the public. So the public's money, that hundreds of millions of dollars would be non-voting shares. And the voting shares would belong to like the scientist and maybe like the CEO that's like, hey, you guys can vote on closing this thing down and distributing yeah. cash. A shares, B shares. Yeah, exactly. So, and but maybe some of them don't have that. If I could just hire an intern 
reach out to our awesome phone number. I'll hire an intern and show you where to look and what to do. And uh, yeah, dude, we could just go through a couple hundred of them, find the ones that don't have any kind of takeover provisions, and then uh, execute this thing. You know, we'll do dependent. When you talk through things like this, especially on a podcast where people are like, this is, these are the two smartest people in the world talking. Oh, so yeah. we've got to understand them. Uh, <laughs> it's so straightforward, right? Why, why, why don't people do this, right? There aren't any complications or legal matters or anything that people should actually, you know, look into. It's as simple as just finding a biotech firm. Yeah. That is easy for an aggressive takeover and buying, liquidating, and then you're good. Have you ever seen Suits before? The TV show, yes. I feel like it really in real life happens a lot like Suits where like you start doing the aggressive takeover and then their attorneys go after like you and your family and find a bunch of dirt on you and then they're like, oh, if you keep doing this takeover, we're going to expose this. And then you're like, ah, okay, settle. <laughs> you got me. Twist, twist my arm. Got me, yeah. Man. So, that's why uh, company shareholder voting really matters. Honestly, even if they get you to... Like, here's a few things they could do. They could start buying up the stock ahead of you because they have hundreds of millions of dollars and you only have 40. They could just start ramping up the stock price, but that helps you. They could come and settle and buy you out, but you're mm-hmm. going to ask more than what you've put in. Like, there's really just not a lot of ways you lose if they don't have the proper provisions in place. Unless, of course, they go after your friends and family and livelihood. Yeah, unless they just, you know, target everyone I love. That's a bummer. But, yeah. you know, all is fair in love and war, so I get it. It's For- not going to be long, though, until I create an aggressive takeover fund. I'm going to have a fund that is... Oh, you, w- you will do it, and I'm very excited. Yeah. That, all the other secret funds that we get to talk to. Uh, if you guys have questions, this is Braden's email. It's Braden at. Okay, so just email him everything that you want to do, <laughs> and give him your terrible ideas, or just ask him questions. And we're super excited for that. So, well, yeah, hopefully you get blown up, dude. That's that's all I you know want for you. But yeah, and and from the aggressive takeovers, um, what if we did an aggressive takeover on? the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell. That's affordable. Yeah. I think something like that could play out because um, I'm going to hit two points. First, Federal Reserve meeting, you know, happened today. We're taping this, what, January 31st after closing. So we we already got the news that, you know, interest rates aren't moving. They're not going to hike, but they don't see like slowing down and, oh, we still got to tame inflation. Thanks a lot. Um, the second point to that is every person that I know in real estate is just losing it. Like throw it. They're beyond like five stages of grief. They're, you know, beyond anger. They're throwing a big child temper tantrum on Twitter everywhere that I'm reading. I'm like watching these videos and like these super, high luxury flying private jets everywhere type of commercial real estate developers that I like contact or, you know, whatever, see and get all their newsletters and tweets, everything like that. The difference in emotional state between where they're at now versus like 2022 at the beginning of that year is 
so stupidly different. And we're going to be in this interest rate environment for much longer than I think people are realizing. They're like, oh, the stock market had a huge bounce back. Oh, housing demand is going up. Oh, inflation is at 3%. Like, this is great. Maybe we can start to lower these rates because I set up my $400 million apartment multifamily CRE portfolio with a freaking adjustable rate. And why am I going to lose everything that I've ever built because we can't lower this interest rate? And I was too greedy to take the fixed. People are losing their minds, dude. It's insane. They are. And that's just, that's, that's, that's life in the big city, as old Warren Buffett would say. That is, that is life in the big city. Um, I don't know if you saw this tweet in particular, because I, I love commercial real estate people. There's great advantages in the investing space there, and we do it, but there's, ah, can't say his name. Uh, it starts with an L, and you and I have talked to him plenty of times. He's like, yeah. and he's taking Twitter hiatus. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just need to worry or work on, you know, other things outside of Twitter. And, but I promise things are going good. But I promise things are going good. And here's our portfolio. And this is everything that happened. But yeah, like I was really super happy about using Twitter and building my audience and, you know, gaining thousands of potential investors, LPs. But now I'm good. I'm good trying to put things out publicly. Because if I have to do and put things out publicly, then you have to. Be honest about the things that aren't going great, right? Uh, uh, oh my gosh, it's just so nasty out I'm there. I you read it that way too, because that's how I read it. I read it like, I like that you say you're going out on a happy note, but... Yeah, like life right now is so hard and it's because the business sucks and it comes in waves and cycles, but dude, this one's hard for a ton of commercial real estate people that have just over leveraged themselves. Yep. Well, it was easy for them for the last five or six years. So good. Yeah. You know, like save some money. Well, yeah. I mean, you can be quote unquote too greedy. I don't know if it's greed as much as it's like, we'll never see these interest rates again. What if we can just play our cards right? And then they're literally at war with the federal reserve, not lowering interest rates. So as we're sitting right now, I mean, if you go after a 30-year mortgage, I think the average in the U.S. is like, it's below 7%, which is fantastic for people that are like, oh, I'm really trying to get into it again. It's not great compared to 2021, where it was like 2.75%, yeah. which was phenomenal. Shout out everyone that got that. You're not moving for decades. Yeah. Love the place you're in. Um, but... Dude, like, I don't know, first quarter results. So we're talking a lot about the Federal Reserve and kind of where they're going. They're just really trying to hammer home inflation. Stock market doesn't love that, but the stock market isn't, you know, highest indicator of where interest rates will go, as we've seen. Like, huge, really good boost since, like, middle of October till where we're at today. Like, the S&P, let me pull it up. Because I was talking to someone else about this recently. Huge bump. So the S&P 500, since the middle of October, or towards the end of it, is up 18%. Pretty nice. Since the end of October. So that's basically November, December, January. Yep. So it's less than three months. Or we can just call it three months. It's up 18%. Not so crazy. 
what do you mean that's not so crazy? What people need to realize, like, oh, it's 18% jump, 6% average per month. Like, that's insane growth. Like, it got too high. Um, but, I mean, numbers, different pieces, earnings reports came out that kind of backs some of that up. But, I mean, Google today, do you see Google's earnings at all? I saw that they, what I saw was that they hit um revenue i think maybe yeah i think they hit revenue and earnings but they collapsed because uh they missed ad revenue maybe or ad ad um ad business earnings you're good you're good at guessing uh i like that for you yeah they missed on ad revenue and they missed all their cloud business revenue estimates um to kind of be at par or better than microsoft and they're pulling back there which is surprising um, Microsoft is making some serious gains on them there, uh-huh. but yeah, between YouTube and just Google search, their, uh, revenue, even being able to match those numbers, but decreasing future forecasts has analysts and people kind of nervous about the stock, but it fell, it closed. What is this? 7.35%. Yeah. I saw that. Like one of the biggest moves the stock has ever had. That fall today. Yes. Yeah, because after hours yesterday, I saw the news after hours yesterday and it was already down 8% or something. So that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Very but I mean, Google, yeah, Google took a massive hit. AMD, which is, none of this is investment advice, uh, but this is a crazy stock because it crashed hard. It was down, well, not too hard. It was down like 2%. And then guess what it did towards the end of the day? It just cranked up. It was at flat, flat. What I have in front of me is probably wrong now that I'm looking at it. But yeah, it definitely did not jump 5.86% in one day. You don't think so? There's somebody, and I don't know who, I saw this news today. I don't remember which, which chip maker it is. Facebook and somebody else big signed contracts with them to buy their GPUs over NVIDIA's for AI development. So NVIDIA's monopoly is starting to be cut into. Which, are they going to be that upset if they don't have as many antitrust things to fight through? Right? Look at Microsoft's growth and Google's growth. Can we make a prediction for... I think that they would be so much happier with players that could divert attention on like, oh, we're rushing everyone and this isn't really true economic competition which will get them in massive trouble and slow down everything and then it's just a regulatory but now are they in that heat uh i mean kind of what they've done with their freaking you know gpus are insane i know we're just talking about it's the same thing as amazon or google or whoever that i don't think they're really in that heat because they just say no we're not in the GPU space were chip makers or chip, you know, developers. And, and that's a pretty wide space. And we don't have any market share in T89, TI 89 calculators or whatever, you right. know, like those are. So nah, they, yeah. they do does. I want to make a prediction though, that at some point in the future, and I don't know how far out at some point in the next, I'm going to say the next three years, they beat Tesla on the biggest market cap drop and they drop more than 400 billion in a one year time span. 
I love this um, because I completely disagree. This is great. Tell me why. Uh, their monopoly is going to be eaten into. Is it the quote unquote, you know, the shallow or your face makeup monopoly? Or do you think it's going to be all the technology that they actually do own? The look, the we've talked about this, I think, right? I have the TikTok videos on what their actual moat is. They have nothing in terms of hardware. Their hardware is not net better. Right. Problem is, it's that CUDA operating system that everything gets programmed on that is programmed that that associates with their hardware. Facebook is building their own stuff. Um, Google, why wouldn't they? Building their own stuff, huh? Why wouldn't they? I said, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, the the problem is there's there's it's not really the right term of there's ketchup, right? Which is like people use CUDA because. I don't know. You've done a little bit of programming and messed around a little bit inside of a terminal, but when things don't work, what programmers do is they go online and say, hey, my thing won't work. Are there answers? And usually somebody else has solved that problem. That's how CUDA works right now. CUDA is easier because programmers can run into problems and there's already people that have solved those problems. For Facebooks, that is not the case. And so it's slower because people have to solve problems the slow way and actually do work. But when those catch up, when the efficiency of using one catches up to the other, people will take orders from NVIDIA and go to other places because they need it sooner. NVIDIA has a huge backlog, a lot of problems getting things out to people because so many people have ordered. They will take business away. And when they do, I think NVIDIA will fall. Do you know how you go from like zero Twitter followers to a million? You start being the guy that's like, I'm shorting NVIDIA. <laughs> you start being the guy that's like, here's why it's not going to work. And then let me bullet point it out. Right. Yeah. You could do you get laughed at. You'll get, you know, mocked. You'll do, you know, tons of trial time. But just like, what's his face? Big short. Um, what's his name? Edge fun guy. Michael Burton. Thank you. Yeah. I just, and, you know, suddenly he was the darling that everybody loved and thought was a super genius for shorting it all. That could be you. It could. Or, or I could be the person that goes from, whatever, tens of thousands of dollars to zero dollars because I shorted NVIDIA. Uh, that can't happen. You can't ever lose on shorting. What are you talking about? No. Uh, this is not investment advice. Shorting is totally super aggressive, risky strategy to do with your money. But, you know, talk to a professional if you're interested. Here's why I don't think NVIDIA collapses. I think they have a pullback. I don't think they lose $400 billion. Even though they are a $1 trillion company, which is a little bit higher than I thought they were. I thought they were just over a trill. They're already 1.5, which is insane. Absolutely bonkers that they're that high. But their CEO and leadership so, have you ever seen interviews with this guy, Jensen Wang? Yeah. This guy, like, yeah. He's he's like if you gave Kobe Bryant the ability to run a business and work in the semiconductor space and totally foresee where AI was going a decade before everyone else. Sure. It's not just like, oh, he's so good at execution. It's his ability to just 
no matter what I'm, I'm going to crush. If I lose, I'm going to come back stronger. Like this guy, he has it. He's one of the three or four CEOs I think I've ever read or listened to that. I'm like, yeah, I would, I would work for you. Like, yeah. you need to listen to Jack Ma, by the way, if you haven't, because he's very similar. I, I probably do. I haven't listened to him that much, but anyway, this guy love him to death because I think I really like what he's doing with the company where he's taking it. Also love him because I wasn't the biggest believer in NVIDIA, but definitely in the 2022 really terrible year, uh, made some moves that was heavily rewarded because of what NVIDIA did since then. Um, I also see what they're doing in terms of they're painting the picture of we don't have the competitive advantages and the moats, but I think they actually do. And if like one of the knocks is we don't have the hardware that's just so succinct that everyone wants us for that as well as what we're building, they can fix that. I really, I really do think they can. We'll see. The thing I know about here's here's the big. Did, have you not seen my TikTok series on this? I need to see my TikTok series. No, I think I think I did. Where you went over the GPUs. Yeah, and like the actual problems that exist today. When I did a lot of research into this, because we talked about this a year and a half or whenever they blew up, and I was like, "Why do they have a monopoly?" And we were like, "We don't really know." And then we, I was like, "I need to go research it." You know, the big thing was um, we've reached the physical limit or how efficient these things can be. Um, in terms of like, I think it was like in terms of RAM, you, we can always get faster, but that's not the problem. There's a transfer of memory problem, right? Like how long it takes to upload or download something problem that we've kind of reached the physical limits on. And so the beautiful thing about what NVIDIA has built in CUDA is when it comes to training on big, big data sets, they can cut that memory up in special ways. Those are the problems that programmers have a hard time solving. Is yep. how memory so that it's still efficient and still gets done faster and all of that. Everybody else can catch up to them on that. And when they do, there really isn't a hardware solve. Like there is no, like it's, it's actually like physical laws are, would have to be broken kind of thing. Um, and so I don't know, man, we'll see. Time will tell. Rod offset ends of the bet. I, I am letting more emotion drive me into like what I'm saying, but at the same time, I'm like a genius CEO. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like, Hey, I'm going to buy more or I'm going to sell right now because I like where we're at. I do. I do believe it is way too hot and it could pull back, but the investing that I'm doing versus like for somebody else, I'm not trying to just play it for where do I think NVIDIA is going to be in one year? Like I do in like, where's it going to be five, 10, you're, 20. At this point, you're betting on the jockey and I'm betting against the horse. I'm saying, wow. yeah, you know what I mean? That's it. That's good, man. Um, so for, I guess, overall picture, economic state, if we have these interest rates and if things still keep slowing down and like I said, dude, 18% in the S and P 500. Okay. So once again, S&P 500 really starts climbing. So you have all your yo-yos. People come out of the woodworks and they're like, look, I just throw my money in VOO. And I just, I don't know, I print cash. So call me a financial advisor, if you will. I'm just, I'm that smart. 
let me publicly push to the hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter my portfolio. I'm that smart. I, I want oh, I want people to know it. Um yeah, that's that's where I'm like, buddy, takes take some pieces of humble pie. Like, let's get this figured out. What are you doing? So anyway, um I think market is a little too high. I think we're seeing a little bit of where it could pull back some. I'm still going with what I said weeks ago, where I think 2024, you're going to get double digits. I think you touched 10, which would be phenomenal after a 23.8% return in 2023. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking the market did that. Truthfully, nobody called that. And there's hundreds of thousands of people that work in the financial world. Nobody. Anybody plus six Great, great depression level. Wreck. Um, We're awesome. Wreck. They're like, yeah, there's no way we can touch soft landing or attempt it or even get inflation back. Hey, everybody pool your money, go buy gold and uh, stock up. You and here them. we are. Yeah. Oh, we are. Here's, here's why I'm saying 10%, buddy. It's election year. Last election year, there was a small world event called COVID that hit in, you know, March timeframe for pretty much everybody drastically changed so much, but then, you know, we got some, the month of June and even though the stock market fell almost 30%, it was already back. Yep. Which was insane. And then people are like, Oh, stock market is a game. I just put money in and I win. That's great. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen this election year. But there is going to be some crazy volatility. And then that's going to lead, in my opinion, to the up and up. Okay. And I keep going over that. But, you know, here's... here's All these are just thoughts. As we keep going back and forth on. And I love playing this game. It's like a really good game of tennis. Where you hit the ball back to me. And then as I'm swinging to hit it, you shoot me with your gun. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's the gentleman's sport. Yeah. If you guys aren't watching the Australian Open that just ended, check it out. Uh, but hey, we appreciate y'all listening. That's all we got. That's the pond. Go, Wendy. Go, Wendy.